As we prepared for the evening meal, I asked if one of my children wanted to pray. And as an eager volunteer began, I noticed that the language used was repetitive of how uh, that child always prayed. Not just the same words, but the same tone and the same manner. As my child said amen and we began to eat our meal, I opened my mouth to begin teaching my child that they needed to change something up in the way they talked to God. Until I realized something. Where did I think they actually learned that from? They learned it by listening to me. If you've ever felt bored in your prayers, it's time to go to Second Mom. Hey, this is Travis Agnew. Thank you for joining me on what is the fourth episode of the Second Mile Podcast. Uh, Jesus taught that if someone asks you to go one mile, go the second mile as well. Well, in the Second Mile Podcast, I want to equip you to do more than the bare minimum in following Jesus. Don't settle for an average life. And that specifically applies today to your prayer life. You know, that thing that as believers and followers of Jesus that we say is important to us. But yet, if you were really to look at how much we spend our time in prayer, talking with the Almighty God, you, you would realize very quickly that we say with our words that we prioritize in prayer. But our lives are very, very far from that. And so why is that? I think sometimes I literally can find myself on the verge of going back and forth between praying and daydreaming. So so I sit down and I have all these wonderful ideas about what I'm going to pray for. And whether it's five minutes or, or a lofty goal to even pray longer than that, I'll close my eyes and, and, and I'll start to focus on the Lord. And before I know it, I am daydreaming about the most random things. I'm either anxious about my to-do list. I'm thinking about the things that happened yesterday. I'm in and out of spiritual consciousness thinking about the things of the Lord and thinking about the things that are concerning me and yet never really intersecting these things. And, and so so why could prayer be so difficult? And, and there can be tons of reasons for that. But in the, in the last episode of The Second Mile, we talked about why spiritual disciplines are so vital for the disciple of Jesus Christ, that you want to be growing in Christ-likeness, that we don't do disciplines to be more liked by Jesus but to be more like Jesus. And, and prayer is one of these things. I mean, Jesus prioritized prayer. I mean, just think about it, for example. Think about the disciples who follow Jesus. I mean, what, what it would have been like to follow Jesus around day in, day out uh, for three years of your life. I mean, guys like Peter and Andrew and James and John and Matthew and these guys, they saw Jesus day in, day out. They saw Jesus feed 5,000. They saw Jesus walk on water. They saw Jesus heal every type of sickness. And there is one point in Scripture that you can find in Luke chapter 11, where the disciples look at Jesus and say, hey, we've been watching you for a while now, and you do some pretty impressive stuff, and will you teach us? And yet, the one thing these disciples ask Jesus to teach them is this. They said, Lord, will you teach us how to pray? I mean, I would think you would say, no, 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 we want we want to know how to, to fix a meal like you did on Feeding 5,000 and got a family reunion coming up, or are you wanting to do the miraculous to impress people or to help people in need? And yet they said, no, 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 when we see Jesus pray, stuff happens, and we want to know how to pray like Jesus prayed. And so we, we know this. If I go through the pages of Scripture or even the pages of your life or my life, I realize this. Prayer doesn't need more proof. It needs more practice. When you get down to it, we have seen God's hand at work. He has done the miraculous time and time again. And we have had those moments where we've prayed and said, God, we need you to show up. And really, the circumstances seem so far away from what is possible, what we're believing and we're trusting that you can do something. 
and he showed up. And what happened in that moment is that your faith would just increase to such an incredible level. And man, you you talked about the power of prayer. You testified about it. You, you would brag about God, about what he did. And then over time, you lose that fire and you get back to business as usual, which means depending upon yourself rather than going to your father in prayer about how you can follow him and how you can live for him in this world. And so, so I want to give you just some help to, to where if the first mile type of prayer life is this, first mile means pray before a meal uh, so that your family knows it's important and you say the same stuff over and over and maybe you pray to get your child t- tucked in at night, but you really don't feel like prayer is a vital, important role in your life. Like if first mile is just doing what's obligated as a follower of Jesus, I want to talk to you the second mile about what this looks like. But to do that, first and foremost, I want to identify some prayer distractions. Uh, Then I want to give you some prayer tips and then actually provide some prayer strategies, maybe just to change things up so that uh, your prayer life won't be boring anymore. Uh, We want to stop boring prayer times at all costs. So so let's start at what these prayer distractions uh, can start with. And and there's many, but let me just talk to you about a few of them. Number one is is what I call a lack of faith, right? Um, That maybe you're distracted in prayer because you're just having a hard time believing we are doers by default. Um, and relying on a God we cannot see with requests we cannot handle requires faith. Like, it is tough for me. I, I don't want to hand over anything to anybody because I feel like as a man, I should be able to figure it out and do it. And when when I'm struggling in prayer, a lot of times is it's a lack of faith because I don't want to have to go to God and say, number one, I can't do this, and number two, that I trust that you can right to the one that that I can't see and the the one that I can't like hear audibly right that I'm sitting here thinking like can't I truly uh, have faith in you and so as I'm trying to pray a lot of times my own soul is struggling in this and instead of laying my circumstances in the hands of God I want to snatch it back up really quick and put it back into my hands because I think I can do better so lack of faith is is an incredibly um, dangerous prayer distraction. Uh, number two, there's a lack of familiarity about prayer, and so and so what I mean by that is you can listen to the way somebody prays and know how often they pray. You can listen to the way that someone prays and, and tells uh, just how intimate they are with God. See, we talk awkwardly if we don't know the person whom we are talking to. Um, God wants to hear our prayers because he is a good father uh, and he watches over us. But if you if there's just you feel unfamiliar with God, then sometimes that can lead to a prayer distraction. It's like that um, I'll watch people, and I can even do this in my own life, where you can talk at ease with somebody right there in front of you, and, and you're talking in a certain way, and you have a certain tone and a certain kind of vibe to how you speak. And then all of a sudden, if you get called on to pray, it's like you turn into somebody completely different. It's just like, who, who just walked into the room and took over your voice box, right? I mean, it's just like you're talking in a way that's not normal. You're using vocabulary words that you, you don't normally use. And yet, it's almost like that you're struggling to try to talk to someone, and it's because you don't know them. Like, my wife and I, it doesn't take long in a conversation where I can pick up on on verbal cues and nonverbal cues to know where she is. And the same thing is in prayer is that sometimes we're just unfamiliar with the one that we're praying to. Number three is a lack of focus. Uh, this, this is, you know, the area of distractions. I mean, we're, we live in a world that's constantly, our, our phones are buzzing and people are needing certain things of us. And for all the progress that we've made as a culture, it seems like we're in higher demand than ever before. 
Distractions can ruin our prayer life if we're not careful. Uh, conflicts, concerns, chores, all of these things, they fill our minds and they hinder us from persevering in prayer. And so if you're trying to pray uh, when notifications are, are blowing up on your phone and there's all types of activity around you, there's very difficult uh, to be able to continue your focus on God. So that lack of focus can be a, a very serious thing. And the fourth thing is this, is the, the lack of form. Uh, I, I would say this, that, that sometimes it's not the fact that prayer is, is boring. It's honestly is that we are. I mean, the problem of prayer is not the content or the recipient. It is the method. Uh, Don Whitney has a great quote that says, uh, what's so weird about prayer is this, is that we can be talking to the most important being in the universe about the most important things in our lives and be bored to death. And, and, and I just thought, man, that is that is true that for so many of us, what we can find ourselves doing is that we are talking to Almighty God. Yes, the one who literally opened up his mouth and said, let there be light, and it happened. I mean, he created everything with the sound of his voice. We're talking to him, the one who's the creator, the sustainer, the savior, the rescuer of us all. We have an audience with him. Like when, and when, I mean, just sometimes it's just it'll fix your prayer life if you'll just wake up to that reality. God Almighty loves to listen to his kids talk to him, and that's what prayer is. And so if you could wake that up, but somehow we can be talking to him, and normally we're not talking to him about insignificant things. You've got your list that you want to bring before him and say, okay, this is going on. This is most important to me. This is what I'm worried about. So the most important person, uh, most important being in the entire universe about the most important things in your life, and yet somehow we get bored and distracted, and we just find uh, very difficult to, to persevere through this discipline is this. Prayer isn't boring. We are. We have to realize that. Um, sometimes we think that something's more important or something's more urgent or even some other thing might be more helpful. But, but I want to push against that and say these distractions are real and we have to fight against them. So let me give you just a, um, a few prayer tips of some things that regardless of the strategy that you use, here's a few tips I want to encourage you to use. Number one, uh, this is probably one of the most helpful things that I have ever done in my prayer life, and it's going to seem so simple to you, but it's so incredibly helpful. And this is it. Number one, pray out loud, okay? Like, I know that it's supposed to be every head bowed and every eye closed and everybody's really seeking the heart of God, but here's what I know. That if I'm even in a conversation, if you and I are sitting down and we're talking, right? And I am completely engaged when I'm talking to you. But when you start talking to me, I might be engaged in what you're saying. And I also might be engaged in the squirrel that is running behind you, right? Like I'm just distracted. And so unless I'm the one verbalizing, my mind can wander even if I hear your audible voice coming at me and you're talking to me about something I need to know. I know this. We can get distracted. We can start daydreaming. We can start thinking about other things. And so to keep your mind still and to focus on God and not open up your mouth, I'm telling you, it is a detriment to your prayer life. It, it, you would stay so much more focused if you could wake up in the morning and start praying and you pray out loud. Now, I know uh, you might have family there that might hear you. You might have a roommate that might be scared that you're talking to yourself. Go ahead and warn them. Find a prayer closet, find a prayer room, do it in your car, whatever you have to do. Just get into that place where you are actually able to pray out loud. Because what happens when you open your mouth and you start speaking and your your mental faculties are having to actually push words from your lungs out and, and it's connecting all these different things in your life, what happens is you're more focused. 
instead of just your mind closed off, you're not verbalizing anything, and you have the potential to move from this thing to that thing to this distraction to that idea. So pray out loud. Number two, um, one thing that, that helps tremendously uh, if you're able and when you're able is to pray on your knees. Um, there's something about a posture of our prayer. And if you are, you know, getting all, you know, just real comfy underneath a blanket on, on a couch, like that's great. But also that can almost lull you to sleep sometimes that sometimes I'm not saying all the time, but, but there's something about prostrating yourself, whether it's on your knees, on your face before the Lord. And, and you're kind of just surrendering yourself to say, this is about you and, and I'm submitting to you and I'm eagerly coming to my king and say, I, I lay down my rights. Like my, my life is about your will and your kingdom today and not about mine. And so like, so just bending your knees and it just keeps you in that mindset of I'm not sitting here daydreaming. I am reporting for duty to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And man, I am ready to talk with him. So, so pray on your knees. Uh, number three, I would encourage you is to pray with a guide. Um, because if if you don't have something that you're moving through, what can happen is you start praying the same thing over and over again. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5.2 says it this way. Uh, it says uh, that God is in heaven and you're on earth, so therefore you should make your words few when you speak to him. And so a lot of people say, hey, you need to get in and out, right? You, God doesn't, God's too busy to hear you, and, and you don't, don't make it long. He's got a lot of stuff to do. That, that's not what that's talking about. God's not overwhelmed by long conversation. I think what what Solomon was saying in Ecclesiastes is really what Jesus is also saying. Like, hey, you don't impress God like with a bunch of words. And don't be repetitive. Get to the point. But if you got like 80 points that you want to pray through, that's great. Just don't pray the same thing 80 times. And don't just every day come in and say, I want to pray specifically for this. Would you, would you do this? And the next day, would you do this? And the next day, would you do this? If you come into a relationship with anybody else in the world saying the same thing over and over again, guess what? Uh, it's going to get boring and repetitive. And, and yet you have to have a guide that's going along that, that's pushing you. And so you know today I'm either praying through this scripture or I'm praying through this list or I'm praying through this guide that, that my church established or or whatever it might be. And so it, it allows you to have something that you're working through rather than just whatever my head or heart is on. And while that's important, sometimes you need to be strategic about what you're doing. So have a guide. And then number four prayer tip is this, pray with variations. Just like I mentioned, uh, if you're in any relationship with anybody and, and if your conversation with your spouse is every day after work, how was your day? My day was fine. Did you pick up the kids? Have you gotten the laundry out? Have you paid this bill? And it's just the same stuff. You're just literally going through a list of activities that you're supposed to do. You know what the relational intimacy is like there? It's minimal. And, and the same thing is true in your relationship with God. You need to change things up, change change what you do, or else you just get stagnant. So go the second mile there where you're actually varying how you pray to him every day. So, so we know what those prayer distractions can be. Those are some prayer tips to think through. But well, then finally, here's here's just a few prayer strategies that that I want to encourage that that might help you. That just sometimes this just kind of changes things up where you don't get stuck in the same thing over and over. So so here's the first thing, uh, real simple one, but it's this: it's prayer list. Um, a, a prayer list is just a guide, a, a list of requests that you have. And so uh, you know what it's like to be in a church where someone says, oh, I'll pray for so-and-so, uh, their mom is sick, and they're in the hospital. And you go, oh, man. And, and, and you hear that, and then someone prays later in the group, and rarely does anybody pray for that specific request right then and there. And so if we can't even pray for them in the group when it's just mentioned, how uh, you know likely are we going to pray for it later when we're removed from the group? 
not very likely unless we have a list. And so, so you've, you've got a notebook there that, that you're keeping up a list of requests. And then when God answers the prayer, you're going back and flipping in that page and, and you're writing the answer to that, that prayer that you prayed and you're putting the date by it. And as you do that, that even increases your faith to continue to pray. Uh, so that's number one. Number two is what a prayer basket. Uh, I would encourage this, especially uh, families maybe that you get stuck in the same way. Uh, Christmas time is the best time to gather some of this stuff, but just envision that uh, at your kitchen table or maybe somewhere in your house, you have this nice little basket, and in there you collect all the Christmas cards that you get at the end of the year. Or maybe you have uh, family pictures and friends pictures, but but if you do kind of the, the prayer basket with like say Christmas pictures, what's great is you might have some family in there and you have some friends and neighbors that love to send your Christmas cards. And, and you put all those in one basket and then when it comes mealtime at night, uh, you get one of your kids and say, all right, pick out one card and they reach in there and they're not looking and they pull out a card and it says, hey, pray for the Jones family. And, and the Jones are uh, these family, they're, they're kind of acquaintances and they're, they're, they're not that close, but they're kind of close to you. And you know what? Guarantee you would never pray for that family unless that came up. And so what's great is it's engaging your mind and your head and, and you're thinking outside the box and you're praying for specific people. And then you put that card to the side and you continue to work through the days as you get through each card and then you just start over again. And what's great is it changes who you're praying for. And in the span of time, your family's prayed for like everybody on the block, everybody in your family, and it's been different. Uh, and so that, that helps. Uh, so the prayer basket. Number three, is the prayer schedule. Uh, what I would encourage a lot of you to do, especially if you have appointments through the day, is one of the first things in the morning is pull out your daily calendar that has you anxious, and then you pray specifically for every single thing lined up. So it might be something as simple as this, okay? Uh, and it doesn't take long. At 8 o'clock, Lord, I um, have this meeting that I'm with so-and-so. I'm kind of concerned that it seems like that we're, we're a little bit off. Would you just help align us and unite us around this? And Oh, I'm having lunch with my friend. She's really discouraged. Would you give me the wisdom that I need to be able to point uh, scripture to her? And you're just going through your, your calendar, your schedule really quick. And, and what's beautiful about that is you're praying over your day. You're asking the Lord, hey, take over this day right now. I want to be used by you. And it keeps you fresh. It keeps you active. It keeps your spiritual uh, eyes and mind going the whole time. Uh, number four, prayer triggers. Things that help you pray without ceasing, like 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says throughout the day. So it might be that your phone pops up alerts. Your to-do list reminds you that at 2 o'clock you, you pray for this. Or, or maybe uh, you have an alarm that's set so often to, to go off to remind you just to just to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I need your help. <laughs> I'm still in this. Uh, keep me right there, uh, right where you are. Uh, and sometimes you just establish yourself that maybe you put prayer cards that in your car you have a list of names. Or maybe you realize that every time you pass by this neighbor's house, you pray for them. Or you see a for sale sign that you pray that the next neighbors that come in, that, that God will allow you to be able to share the gospel with them. It's just these prayer triggers that sort of get you thinking thinking through this. Number five is a prayer weekly calendar. And, and what I love about this is if you feel like you get stuck again, this is a simple thing. You write out a calendar Sunday through Saturday and you pick a group of people that you pray for specifically on that day and, and try to make it intentional. So like say Sunday, here's a great thing. Pray for your church staff on Sunday. Pray for your pastor and pray for your worship leader or pray for uh, maybe your group leader that you meet with on Sunday. Or maybe you just have the whole staff list and just over time you pray for every single one specifically by name. I'm telling you, your church staff and leadership needs prayers on a Sunday. Uh, so maybe Monday is Missionary Monday or or maybe you know Wednesday you're praying for your family or whatnot or your extended family. But over that time, in a week's time, you're praying for different people so it keeps your mind fresh 
but you're going through each one at a different way and it just keeps things just right in the right spot. And then the last thing I wanna encourage you to do is something called prayer psalms. And this is one of my favorite things that people have done in different variations throughout the years. But but what this is is that you would take the calendar day of the, the, the month. So like say today, as I'm recording this, is the 15th. And so what that means is that I would go to Psalm 15 and I would pray Psalm 15 or an increment of 30. There's 150 Psalms, so that means that in five months I can pray through all the Psalms, and if you want to go even further, you could add Proverbs in there for a six month. But basically what it is is that I would read through Psalm 15, and I would look through either praying through everything in it to use it kind of as a diving board off into my prayer life to be a catalyst for what I want to pray for. And so what you do is you read a few verses or or maybe just, just a couple of them and you say, this is going to orient me. Because literally uh, every human emotion is represented in the book of Psalms. And so when you come to the book of Psalms, you have this incredible opportunity to work through the, how long, O oh Lord, am I going to have to go through this? Or, Lord, I want to rejoice and worship you today. And, and I want to come in with thanksgiving. Or or I'll even want to say, Lord, the enemy is after me and I need your help today. Or whatever it may be. And you take that that week. So, so right now, if I was to pray Psalms, 15 and then tomorrow be Psalm 16 and then the next month I'm picking up with 31 and and going through the year uh, going through the month like that Uh, and if you get to a 31st day of the month uh, put Psalm 119 back into the rotation because that's a long one Uh, but you just take this and it just continues to keep it fresh and you're praying through scripture and in five months you can pray through all 150 Psalms and then start back over again. So, so the way I would do this is that I'm looking at Psalm 15, right? And it says, Oh Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent and who shall dwell on your holy hill? And I, I would just stop right there and say, Lord, I do want to abide with you today. I want to be near you today. I don't want to be far off. Like I want to go in the second mile. I want to push in and know you. And it says, He who walks blamelessly. Oh Lord, I want to walk blameless. And then and then I start praying through what are those areas of my life that are keeping me from being blameless and, and walking in what he says does what is right and speaks truth in his heart. And you're you using God's word to pray uh, accordingly. And I'm telling you, it just, it opens you up because now you're using God's word as you're praying. That's how you guarantee you know that you're on track with what God wants for your life is if you're praying God's word. And so once again, praying through the Psalms keeps it fresh, keeps it unique, and keeps you in that right spot. So those are just a few of the options that you can do. But the main thing is this, whatever, uh, if you're stuck, do something. Change it up. Just try something a little bit different today because you don't want to get stuck in a boring prayer life. You are talking to God Almighty who loves you like crazy. And I'm telling you that prayer is, is the way to connect with him throughout the day and see him at work in miraculous ways. Don't just go in and settle for those mealtime prayers or those bedtime prayers or even those crisis prayers. Don't settle for an average life. I hope to see you on the second mile.